You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 113 of Ask Concussion Doc. This episode is on tinnitus. Tinnitus is one of the, I wouldn't say most common, but it is a very common question that we get. A lot of patients suffer from tinnitus following concussion, and it is historically uh, something that is very difficult to treat. There aren't really a lot of good treatment options. So I'm going to break down potential causes of tinnitus, and then we're going to get into kind of who you should see if this is a problem for you. Uh, and then then on to potential treatment options for you. And like most things in concussion, you will realize that it requires a very comprehensive, multifaceted approach. You aren't going to find necessarily one specific treatment that, that is going to be 100% effective for everybody. So it requires a bit of a comprehensive approach to look at things from a bunch of different uh, angles. So this episode is number 113. This is going to be the last live episode that I do before taking a little break for the summer. I usually kind of shut it down in May and uh, and then open back up in September. I may do just a couple things if the mood strikes me throughout the summer to do some live sessions, maybe some just random Q&As from time to time, uh, just if questions come in. So if you do have questions over the summer, uh, feel free to email me. Um, uh, you can email the info at Complete Concussions email and submit a question there. You can always comment on any of our YouTube videos and we can um, look at answering some of those questions specifically for people that... Uh, need it. I'll be spending most of my time inside the Concussion Fix program as well as uh, helping out with complete concussion management. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Tinnitus after concussion. So today's outline, we're going to talk about what tinnitus is. Like I said, how common it is, how common it is both in concussed and non-concussed people because it should you should be aware that this is something that's common in both. Um, who's, who you should see if you are concerned and what, if any, are the treatments that you should look at. So what is tinnitus? Well, tinnitus is a ringing in your ears. So many patients may know this, but not really know what it is or how it's, you know, how to describe it. Basically, this is a ringing in your ears. It can be constant. It can be intermittent. It can be one ear. It can be both ears. It can also sometimes have a pulsatile quality where it syncs up with your heartbeat. You may hear it as a whooshing sound where you can almost hear your own heartbeat inside your ear or ears. Um, so it is. there's two different types. You can have one that is subjective and you can have tinnitus that is objective. Subjective tinnitus is something that an individual perceives in themselves. You can't necessarily, um, like nobody else would be able to hear it. There is no, it's not coming from a noise. It's being fabricated kind of by your nervous system or it's it's kind of a, um, a representation of either altered neurological function, metabolic issues, maybe it's an inner ear pathology, but either way, you are the only one that can detect it or feel it or sense it and that is called subjective tinnitus. Objective tinnitus usually is of the pulsatile quality. So pulsatile tinnitus, which is caused by, somebody says, mine sounds like a washing machine. 
If it syncs up with your heartbeat, this can be um, what's called pulsatile tinnitus, and it's because of either uh, different curvatures in the vasculature around your ear, so it creates kind of like a reverberation within the blood that's flowing by the blood vessels or in the blood vessels that are around your ear, and you're able to hear that. So it's actually something that is creating a sound that your ear is picking up. And on examination, somebody may be able to actually hear that. So if you're doing any type of audio ex examination, somebody may be able to pick that sound up. So that is objective tinnitus, meaning that you can actually objectively pick it up. Subjective tinnitus is much more common. That's the one that most people have where you perceive a ringing. It, can, it doesn't have to always be a ringing either. Some people can say it's a whooshing sound, a roaring sound, um, like I said, a pulsatile sound or a, a, a pulsating sound. Could be hissing, could be humming, could be clicking, could be any of these, any number of particular sounds that somebody may be perceiving. And like I said, it can be one side, both sides, intermittent, comes and goes, constant. So there's any range of those types of things that can occur. How common is it? Well, actually, it's about one in five people will experience tinnitus. So between 15 to 20% of people will experience some sort of tinnitus. Um, so that's, that's pretty crazy when you actually think about it, right? 20% of people. So sometimes people will have a concussion injury and they'll assume that the tinnitus is from the concussion injury. It may be associated, but also you're a human and one in five humans will have tinnitus from time to time. So it's important to kind of recognize that these are symptoms that are normal, not necessarily normal, but they are common in patients without concussion, without brain injury. It also increases with age. As you start to lose hearing and the hair cells in your ear start to be able to perceive less and less and less, what that can translate into is a ringing in your ears. And sometimes as these cells start to die off, they will ring. And so you'll end up hearing ringing, intermittent ringing in your ears as you begin to lose hearing. So tinnitus is associated with age. Up to 90% of tinnitus is actually associated with hearing loss. Okay? So just because you have tinnitus, it, it may not necessarily be due to concussion, particularly if you're a little bit older. It may just be due to a natural hearing loss progression that is occurring. How is it associated with concussion? So let's talk about it here. Up to 50%. 50%, half of all people that suffer a traumatic brain injury, and this is all severities, concussion is a mild traumatic brain injury. So we're talking about mild, moderate, and severe traumatic brain injuries in this scenario. Up to 50% will experience tinnitus as a particular symptom. Uh, about 5 to 10% of patients who have tinnitus will, will cite a brain injury or head trauma as being the thing that started the process, okay? So fairly common. Uh, a study of NCAA athletes found that when you're doing acute concussion evaluations on concussed young athletes, 8.5% uh, reported tinnitus on initial evaluation. So less than 10% on the initial evaluation. Um, so that's kind of where it fits, right? So up to 50% of all traumatic brain injuries, and that includes all different severities, down to 8.5% of those that are young and having acute stage concussion injuries. There's, there's difference in the severity 
of tinnitus as well. Some patients may experience debilitating tinnitus, but 80% of patients with tinnitus say that they're not really bothered by it. They're just, you know, it's there. They're, they may kind of worry about it saying, what is that? Why do I have that? Is that representative of something more serious? But ultimately it doesn't bother them on a day-to-day. It's just kind of there. 20% of people are actually bothered by the tinnitus. And then within that 20%, there's a portion that can have like debilitating tinnitus where it affects every facet of their life. They can't sleep, they can't do activities, they can't participate in social situations. That's a debilitating tinnitus. The majority of the 20% of people that are bothered by their tinnitus are mildly impacted by it, right? So you have to see where you fit in here. Most people, 80% of people have it, but aren't necessarily bothered by it. It doesn't really do anything to them. And for those ones, you don't necessarily need any form of treatment or intervention, but I'm going to show you some things that can help as you go through. Potential causes. So this is where things get a little bit tricky because there's a whole bunch of things that can potentially lead to tinnitus. So I made a list here. We have inner ear pathology. So something actually going on inside the inner ear, whether that be the death of hair cells and you're actually losing uh, some, some, some conductive, you know, some, some hearing issues. Um, you, have, you can have other pathologies like a Meniere's disease and Meniere's disease is where there's increased pressure within the hearing apparatus as well as the vestibular apparatus. So usually this comes in bouts or waves of dizziness and ringing simultaneously. So if this is Meniere's disease, usually there's like some pharmacological options where they try to do things to kind of lower that pressure off. Sometimes there's surgical techniques or some other things that the, the range of treatments can vary, but it's something that you do have to be assessed for. So if you are having bouts of dizziness and ringing that are kind of accompanying each other, then Meniere's disease is kind of high on that list and you'd want to be checked out to see because then there's things you can do to slow the progression of that if you intervene fairly early on. Uh, neurological disorders. So the first one was inner ear pathology. The second one here is neurological disorders, something like a tumor. So there's benign tumors called schwannomas that can go on the auditory and vestibular nerves. And if it's on there, it can, it can create tinnitus. Metabolic issues, so hormone issues, hormone dysfunctions, uh, things like thyroid, hypothyroid, hyperthyroidism can lead to tinnitus, uh, vitamin deficiencies, vitamin B12 in particular, because vitamin B12 supports the myelination of the neurons. And if you have a B12 deficiency, what happens is you get some demyelination of the neurons and that can result in uh, tinnitus. Concussion can also play a role here because concussion is a metabolic type of injury. So, and concussion also affects the myelin sheath. So if you have um, um, kind of like an acoustic concussion or something that affects the ear, if that's where the impact was, you may have affected the neurons around the ear itself, which can A, create a metabolic issue, a, uh, B, it can create hyper uh, activation of the nerves in that area, meaning that they're more sensitive, so they're more likely to be kind of buzzing and ringing. Or at the later stages, what can happen is you get swelling within the neurons that are impacted or injured, and you actually get some demyelination where you're actually losing the myelin. So this kind of fits with that B12 deficiency. So what I have here, going back down my list, inner ear pathology, 
like a Meniere's disease, neurological disorders like a tumor on the neuron itself, on the auditory neuron, vestibular neuron, uh, metabolic issues, hormone imbalances, vitamin deficiencies, and concussion can also create uh, kind of a, a similar type of metabolic issue. What concussion can also do is the fourth one that I'm going to talk about, which is neuroinflammation. So concussion, obviously, any type of injury will come with inflammation. Inflammation of the nervous system, inflammation of the nerves in and around that auditory complex um, can result in tinnitus. And there's been studies done on mice where they would induce neuroinflammation and be able to kind of create tinnitus. How they assess that in mice is a bit of a tricky thing, but they're able to do it. So. We know that neuroinflammation or inflammation in the nervous system can lead to tinnitus. And we think about what's going on um, with the nervous system and neuroinflammation. It makes the nervous system very hypersensitive when there's inflammation going on. So mild stimuli can increase or provoke things. So if you think about people with light sensitivity, noise sensitivity, uh, those types of things, that's usually a hyperactivation of the nervous system, which is a, associated with neuroinflammation. So by reducing neuroinflammation, potentially we can reduce tinnitus as well. Drugs, that's number four. And by drugs, I, I mean pharmaceuticals. There is a laundry list of various pharmaceuticals, things that are like, like chemotherapy, for example, can damage auditory nerves. Um, things like um, antibiotics can damage auditory nerves. There's a whole list of medications that could potentially impact uh, your hearing ability. They're called autotoxic, meaning that they damage the hearing structure, which also, because tinnitus is associated with hearing loss, then can also lead to tinnitus, can also lead to vertigo uh, or dizziness. All right, so drug-induced type of issues can be there. So if you have tinnitus and you're on medications, look to see if those medications may potentially be contributing. Because rather than going down the road of trying to you know, figure out, doing all this investigation to find out what's causing tinnitus, it could just be the medication that you're on. Um, neck and jaw dysfunctions is number one, two, three, four, five, or sorry, six. Um, neck and jaw dysfunction. So particularly the muscle that's called the SCM, which is this big guy right here, it has, um, it is associated with tinnitus because it's associated with jaw dysfunctions, inner ear issues, but also it has neurons that go up and, and link in with the somatosensory cortex that can overlap and create tinnitus or alteration in that auditory complex. So if there's issues with the facet joints, meaning the joints in the neck themselves, uh, the SCM muscle is a big one, the jaw, the, the masseter muscle, which is the big muscle right here, the uh, eustachian tube, which is on the inner side of the neck, which is what allows you to equalize pressure with the, out, the inner and outer environment. Any type of dysfunction in the neck and that tension and tightness, A, pain will affect that those neural pathways potentially resulting in tinnitus, but B, just the mechanical disruption of tightness in that neck can close down that eustachian tube, prevent equalization of pressure, and result in uh, potentially hearing loss. Some people will feel a fullness in their ear, so my ear feels like it's full. There's pressure in my ear here and I can't get rid of it, and I also have this ringing that's associated with it. It could result in balance impairments because of that, uh, that, that differential as well. 
So neck and jaw dysfunctions are associated with tinnitus. And actually I've had some pretty good results with patients by just relieving some of this stuff and there you go, it's gone, right? So you have to think about this very globally. Patients will always ask, I see it on here all the time when I'm doing these live sessions, somebody goes, what about tinnitus? What's the treatment for tinnitus? Well, you can see because of all the potential causes, it really requires a lot of investigation, a lot of background, and you have to treat this very holistically in order to have a really good outcome. Number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven is vascular malformations. So this is particularly on the pulsatile uh, tinnitus and um, the vasculature that comes up and around the ears, if there's torsion within it, and or there's vascular disease, meaning there's hardening of the arteries. Um, when, every time your heart beats, that is gonna create whooshing sound or reverberations or vibration in the blood that's flowing by your ear and you may perceive that and hear your, your heartbeat in your ears. Now, I will say this, because I've had patients believe that they have pulsatile tinnitus, but really it's because when you cover your ear, if people cover their ears, sometimes you can hear your heartbeat when you cover your ear. And this is just a little trick because when you cover your ear, you're actually blocking your conductive hearing. So when you're hearing the environment all around you and it's coming in through your ears, that's conductive hearing. If you block that, you don't allow any sound coming in, you're gonna hear the noise inside your head much, much louder. So if you wanna do a little trick right now, you can plug your right ear and try to talk or hum right? If you go, mm, you'll be able to hear that louder usually in the ear that's plugged. So what happens is if you plug your ears or some people will say, when I'm lying on my pillow at night, I can hear my heartbeat through my ears. That's not pulsatile tinnitus. That's a trick because you're blocking conductive hearing. It makes the things inside your head sound louder than they usually are. So that's just a little thing. So if you can hear your pulse but only when you're lying on your ear or only when your ear is plugged, that's not necessarily pulsatile tinnitus, so it's different. Uh, psychological, so this is, this is uh, num the last one here, um, I think it's number eight, is depression is associated with tinnitus, anxiety is associated with tinnitus, PTSD is associated with tinnitus, so, and it's also a chicken or egg phenomenon. If the tinnitus is caused by the depression or if the depression causes the tinnitus we don't necessarily know but there is an association there um, that that is known so the psychological the psychosomatic can be involved in tinnitus so again this comes down now to treatment so who should you see these are a whole laundry list of things the first thing you want to do is you want to rule out pathology right you want to rule out the potential tumor on that you want to rule out Meniere's disease you want to rule out hormone dysfunctions or 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 uh, vitamin issues or deficiencies and so those are the first kind of things to go you may need imaging right if you're having pulsatile tinnitus if you're having tinnitus that's associated with dizziness or vertigo if you're having um if, if that tinnitus is, changes as you move your head and neck, if you can feel it differently in different areas, you may need to rule out additional pathologies. So usually the first place you would get sent would be somebody like an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, also, an, also called an otolaryngologist, and they will do a full assessment on this to try and see, okay, do we need an MRI? Do we need, what else do we need in this to be able to rule this out? Do we need blood work? Okay, so that's the first step. You may need 
to go to a vestibular specialist if there's dizziness there. This could also be an ENT, but it might also be a really good physio, a really good vestibular physio, somebody that specializes in this uh, will be able to kind of help you navigate what is going on. Psychologists or psychiatry, because they're associated with these mental health conditions, uh, it may be an important place to go. But ultimately for tinnitus, it's the audiologist. Because it's associated with hearing loss, the audiologist is very good at being able to figure out what's going on. So they'll test you on different pitches, they'll test you on uh, your hearing, your ability to pick up different pitches, and they'll take you through to try and find out what tone uh, the, 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 the tinnitus is, and they'll also be able to help you rehab this thing. So they'll be able to develop a management strategy and a rehab strategy. So the audiologist is really the cornerstone. The first step is just ruling out red flags, which may be the ENT or the neurologist or even your family doctor or a vestibular specialist. The next step then is like, okay, there's no pathology here. We've ruled out Meniere's disease. We've done an MRI. We've done all this stuff. Now let's go into um, the, the audiologist and try to look at what's going on and, and develop uh, a, a hearing test, look at if there's any hearing loss, and then we'll develop a treatment strategy. Sometimes that treatment, maybe, and I'll, go, I'll actually just go into treatment right now. Like I said, it is a multifaceted approach. Let's look at the audiologist and the way that they typically manage it. Sometimes it's a hearing aid, right? As you lose your hearing and you have increased tinnitus, by, by giving you a hearing aid that allows you to hear better, the tinnitus may go away. You can also have a hearing aid that has a tinnitus kind of, excuse me, blocker in it, that, or masker, where it, it has a different tone level that will mask the tinnitus sound, so it can kind of match that. There's also a thing called acoustic neuromodulation, which is a way to kind of rehab this mechanism or decrease the sensitivity of your brain to a particular tone. So what they'll do is they'll they'll find out what tone your tinnitus is at, if it's a constant tinnitus, and then you'll have a headset that will give you sounds, maybe music, other things, or tones that will match that tinnitus. So it'll become imperceivable. But what it does is it kind of fatigues that sensitivity, right? So it's no longer as sensitive to that. So it kind of, it almost, um, um, kind of tricks your nervous system in a way by supplying that tone over time your brain becomes less you know perceptive to that tone and you can reduce the discomfort of the tini of, of the tinnitus some studies have found that there's up to 75% of patients actually benefit from this neuromodulation treatment so it can be an effective treatment outcome usually it's paired with cognitive behavioral therapy because tinnitus comes again with psychological overlay but also um, there's negative thought patterns that develop around tinnitus and having CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, helps you to work out those negative thought patterns, helps you to develop strategies around it so that when it comes on, you're able to better deal with it, better able to cope with it and better able to strategize around it. Other techniques, relaxation techniques, right? Remember, hyperactivation of the nervous system, stress, fight or flight, all of this stuff comes with concussion. All of this stuff is associated with hyperactivation of the nervous system. And if we think of tinnitus as hyperactivity in the nerves, a sensitivity of the nerves where they're just kind of going a little bit erratic, let's stress, let's de-stress, let's calm the nervous system. Meditation, mindfulness, stress reduction techniques allow us to calm that nervous system down. Same thing with balancing the autonomic nervous system, right? If we can try to get ourselves out of that fight and flight, we can potentially reduce our tinnitus. So again, 
it's not just doing neuromodulation. It's not just doing relaxation. It's kind of combining these things together. Number two, address vitamin deficiencies and hormone imbalances. Obviously, that's you know uh, an easier one if it's like okay, I have you know a thyroid issue, and you can address that. That is going to help with the tinnitus, and you can potentially nail it in one shot if that's a potential cause. But definitely look at that and address that. Uh, B12, zinc, um, and thyroid are the, are the main ones. Uh, next, reduce inflammation, right? Remember, inflammation equals hyperactivation of the nervous system. So let's do things to reduce inflammation. What can we do? Sleep, poor sleep by itself. Poor sleep is associated with increased tinnitus. Poor sleep increases anxiety, increases fight or flight, increases hypersensitivity of the nervous system, increases inflammation, increases tinnitus. So calm the nervous system, reduce inflammation, get better sleep, subsymptom threshold exercise, um, diet, okay? Repairing the gut lining. Your inflammation is completely tied to your gut health. The foods you eat increase your inflammation. If you are inflamed, your nervous system will be inflamed. This also results in fogginess and mood issues and sleep disruptions and just all of this stuff. So it's just, it's like a full comprehensive thing, right? You have to change your diet, you have to change your lifestyle, you have to start exercising every day, you have to start sleeping better every day. So it's a very comprehensive approach, right? So how do you treat tinnitus? Like this. Um, and for those that are just listening and hearing me in audio, I'm drawing a big ball of encompassing everything. Um, pulsatile tinnitus, if that's what you have, you need to do things to reduce your blood pressure. This may be reducing caffeine. This may be reducing alcohol. Um, I remember we had one patient in the concussion fix program who reported that she was having pulsatile tinnitus, but it was only when she was lying on her side and it was usually after you know she had a couple glasses of wine. Well, a couple glasses of wine are gonna increase your blood pressure and heart rate, and it's gonna be more perceptible. And that is going to increase that. So that's something that you need to consider. So doing things to reduce your blood pressure. Um, and next, uh, address any overlying mental health issues, okay? So uh, that's important, right? Reducing anxiety, PTSD. I've already kind of covered that in the relaxation techniques part. And then finally, neck and jaw work. There was actually just a recent uh, case study that found that by just treating somebody's SCM, they had reduced dizziness, reduced tinnitus, reduced fullness in the ear, right? And I saw somebody on on uh, the comments as I was talking that said that their chiropractor works on their SCM and it, and it does those things. So I think that's an important component to include whenever you have tinnitus, start looking at this stuff, right? Get some treatment on your SCM. That might be acupuncture, right? They put a little acupuncture needle in there. I like to do stim. So I'll grab this little muscle right here. I'll put an acupuncture needle in it. You gotta watch out because there's some blood vessels around there. You know, you got your carotid artery and your jugular vein there. So you have to go to somebody who knows what they're doing, but you can pull this out. Somebody's asking what SCM is. SCM is a sternocleidal mastoid muscle. So it goes from your mastoid, which is this bony prominence behind your ear, and it comes across the front. It's the big muscle, right? When I do this, you can see this guy right here. That's the, that's the sternocleidal mastoid. Put a needle in that. And then I do a little bit of stim on it with a little bit of an electro thing. And it just stimulates the muscle a bit, gets it going. And then a minute later, you pull the needle out and this is nice and relaxed. I'll do some soft tissue passes on it with my thumb, do some active release stuff. I'll work on the jaw. I'll get up under, 
under the SCM and the jaw, there's a connection here that, that I'll work on. Um, and uh, deep neck flexors also. And then you can go inside the mouth actually as well. And there's a technique called the modified Muncie technique where the eustachian tube actually opens into your throat. And that's the pressure equalizer. And if the, everything's tight up here, it'll collapse that eustachian tube and you're not gonna get good e pressure equalization. So there's a technique where you can actually go inside the mouth and open it with your finger um, and, and release that. And that can help with dizziness and tinnitus and ear fullness and all of this stuff. So having somebody who knows how to work the neck and jaw with some manual work and some rehabilitation exercises uh, is, is going to be um, a helpful thing to include in that. So I'm gonna go through this again. Treatment options, very multifaceted. Okay, potentially it might just be a hearing aid. You could have a tinnitus masker or not. You can do neuromodulation where you actually match the tone of the tinnitus, which then allows, it, it decreases the sensitivity of your nervous system to that tone, right? You're kind of phasing it out, which can be helpful. Combine that with CBT, dealing with the mental health, relaxation techniques, reducing inflammation, exercise, diet, sleep, de-stressing. Um, I said exercise already. Hormones, balancing hormones, taking a look at your blood, looking for vitamin deficiencies, particularly B12. Uh, if that's not there, then all is good. Um, address the overlaying mental health and then get some work around your neck and jaw. So how do you treat tinnitus? It's a very comprehensive approach, but first, rule out red flags. Make sure there isn't something more serious going on. Get referred to an ENT, have them take a good look. If the ENT thinks that everything is clear, then great. Now go to an audiologist. Audiologists will look to see where the tones are and what might be leading to the tinnitus. They'll give you a rehab program. They'll give you those, you know, those first kind of rehab strategies. But then you also need to look at the other things. Okay, what's my diet like? And then you go through the same things. Exercise, sleep, stress, um, you know, inflammation, neck and jaw, etc. Okay, so that's the list. For those that are dealing with tinnitus, there's some good resources here. ASHA, A-S-H-A, A-S-H-A is the American Speech, Language, and Hearing Association. They have a lot of good information and resources you can check out. Um, I also came across something called the Hearing Review, and they have some, some resources and things that you can check out as well. So that is it for me. That is it for the live session. I, I think we're going to be doing another podcast, but it won't be live. We'll be doing one in a couple weeks. Uh, talking with some members of the Concussion Fix program just to get some feedback and see how they're enjoying it, things that we can improve upon and also things that they're liking about it. And I think we're going to turn that into a podcast. So that'll be in a couple weeks, but I'm not doing any live sessions, at least not planned sessions until after the summer. I'm moving this summer. So I got you know six weeks or so I'm out of my house. So I got to pack up and move and all that fun stuff and so I'm just gonna take the summer to enjoy but we may do some live Q&A's if people are into it um, and so anyway thank you everyone who comes in and tunes in every week I really appreciate it I'm gonna answer some questions on the live session for those of you who are watching on YouTube be sure to like subscribe and all of that fun stuff for those listening on the podcast tell your friends tune in subscribe as well and uh, we shall see you after the summer. Have a good summer, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram 
See you next time.